0: This is Truth and Love Ministries, where we bring people home to God by learning His truth and experiencing His unending love. In today's message, we're walking through the book of James. Using this book as a guide, we learn several ways our faith is tested and how God has designed for us to endure. We pray this message refreshes you and speaks encouragement to whatever is going on in your life right now. Now, let's take a listen to the message. about wisdom the test of wisdom and I wanna kinda give you a scriptural foundation well let me say this first let me say this first if you want something different you gotta do what you gotta do something different don't keep thinking that you can plant apple seeds and and get frustrated cuz you gotta eat apples every day if you want some grapes plant some grape seeds if you want some oranges plant some orange seeds But they say the definition of insanity is, is to keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And I think that's what happens to most of us. We think that because it's a new year, everything is going to be new. But if you take the old you with you, you're going to produce the results that you produced in the previous year. If you want something new, do something different. We've got to change what we do in order to have something different than what we have. So the foundation I want to lay this morning is we're talking about wisdom, the test of wisdom. Last week we, we went through, not last week, let's see, week before last, we went through uh, the wisdom test of the world, wisdom of the world, that it's sensual, it's earthly, and it's demonic that we use our senses, we use our reasoning, and we use our experiences when we try to determine things without God in the midst of it. And we always mess up. We always make a mess out of life. So the foundation I want to lay is this. The Bible says, Jesus said this, he said, it is to your advantage that I go away. He said, for if I go not away, he said, a comforter will not come. But he said, if I go away, the comforter will come. And when he is come, he said he will guide you into all truth. He will teach you all things. He will bring all things to your remembrance. He will show you the things to come. He will help you. He will intercede for you. He will lead you. And he will guide you. So it is critical that we have the Holy Spirit. It's critical. It is impossible to live the Christian life without the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. And most of the time, we try to live without it. Proverbs said this. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Now, he gave us a big word here. He said, now, in all of your ways, all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will do what? Direct your path. Direct your path. He said if you will acknowledge him in all of your ways. How many folks will admit that they're guilty of not acknowledging him in all of our ways? There are some ways and some things that we think we can do on our own. We can handle, we can fix, we can take care of, we can manage. We don't need God to help us. And then he said this in First, in John chapter one, verse number 12, he said, to them who believe on his name, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God, okay? But then I want you to see something in Romans eight fourteen. He said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, notice they went from children The sons, what's the difference? The difference between a child and a son is this. A child, I can send a child to the store and before they get to the store, they get distracted and do get called off by a friend, see a dog, see a bird, anything, they get distracted. A son is harnessed. If you send a son on a mission, he won't get distracted, he won't stop. He said, my daddy sent me to the store and I'm not stopping until I get there. And he told me what time to be back. So the goal and the mission is, is for us to grow up from being children to being sons, to being disciplined, to being harnessed. And I'm going to say this to you. You cannot live in this world and live a Christian life without God's wisdom. You can't do it. You can't do it. Because every day looks like yesterday. But the difference in every day is this. The devil has created a plan to destroy you even though yesterday looked like today. God has created a plan to save you even though yesterday looked like today. And the way to avoid or be involved in either one is going to take God's wisdom. You can't do it without the wisdom of God. So, um, I want to... Tyler, you missed this last time, so I'm gonna say this just for you because I think it's fitting for you. Did you get your license? I did. Awesome, so this is perfect for you. Okay, out of my last message, I started the message with the four people on a plane. Everybody else know about it except for you maybe. You might already know this. They was on a small plane and they were flying and, and and the pilot realized that the plane was going down. He said, there's no way we're gonna survive. The plane is going down. He said, but the problem is, we only have three parachutes. So the pilot said, hey, I got a wife and three kids. So he grabbed the parachute, he jumps out of the plane. So the, and, and the other person in the plane was the smartest man in the world. smartest man in the world came up and said, hey, the world needs my wisdom, they need my knowledge, they need, need my direction, so I have to live. So he jumps out the plane. So we got a pastor and a boy scout left on the plane. So the pastor looks at the young boy and he says, he says, son, I'm ready to meet the Lord. You're young, you got your whole life ahead of you. He says, so you can take that last parachute. And the young boy said, this boy scout said, pastor, he said, "Don't, don't sweat it. He said, the smartest man in the world just grabbed my book bag and jumped out of the plane. So it's actually two parachutes left. Then you are going to be so. good. <laughs> That's the wisdom of the world. When you think you're smart, you're stupid. <laughs> okay, so learning from James, the wisdom test. James 3.13 said, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his manner of his works with meekness of wisdom. The word conversation actually means manner of life. He said, Let him show it out of a good manner of life, his works with meekness and wisdom. Then he said, Who is a wise man? What is wisdom? It's interesting that two people who are known for their wisdom ask the same question. In in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 1, Solomon asked that same question. This is what he said. Who is a wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? The next man that asked that same question was the Greek philosopher, Socrates. Socrates was a teacher of Plato. Plato was a teacher of Aristotle. And they were all known great philosophers in the Western world. All of them were great, known. So Socrates spent his whole life on a quest for wisdom, and it looks a lot like what Solomon did. Only Socrates died without finding it. He never found it. At the end of Ecclesiastes, Solomon found true wisdom in the only place that it can be found, and that is where? In the word of God. Why did Socrates not find it? Because he did not acknowledge the word of God, and he spent his whole life looking for for wisdom, but that didn't stop people from coming to him and looking for wisdom. So, a story was told of an arrogant young man who came to Socrates looking for wisdom. Socrates took the man out to the sea and led him into the water, chest deep, and he asked him a question. He said, what is it that you want? The young man said, great teacher, I want wisdom. Socrates took the young man held his head under the water for about 30 seconds, brought him back up and he said, what is it that you want? The young man said, great master, it is wisdom that I want. Socrates took him down again and held him 30, 45 seconds and he brought him back up again and he said, what is it that you want? He said, I want wisdom, O oh great teacher. Socrates took him down again, 45 seconds, 50, 55, 60 seconds, one minute, and finally when he brought the man up, the man, he asked the man, Socrates, he said, what is it that you want? The man said, right now, great teacher, I want air. I want air. I want air. So, when you're wise, when when you desire wisdom as much as you just desired air, he said, you'll have it. Think about that for a minute. Think about it. See, it's real to me because last night I was sitting there desiring air. I was desiring air. But let me ask this question. What if you desired God like you do air? What if you desired the word like you do air? And that's what he wants to create on the inside of us. He wants us to have that desire. See, air is something that you don't pay a whole lot of attention to until you don't have it. And when you don't have it, it gets to be a real thing when you can't get it. It's like a friend of mine told me one time, we were talking about <clears throat> uh, losing your job and not having food to eat. He said, when you're hungry, all you can think about is what? Mm-hmm. What we going to eat. But he said... You know, we were talking about having lawn equipment and that kind of stuff. He said, man, I can go out and make some money. And if I, can make enough, if I can go out and just make $25 and put something in my stomach, then I can think. But until I get something to eat, I can't think about nothing but what I'm going to eat. And it's the same way. If you, if you don't, we take air lightly. We take some, a lot of things in life lightly. But he said, now, as this man, when he didn't have air, it became important to him. And so... We need to be the same way. We need to be the same way. We need to desire God like we do air. We looked at verse 14 through 16 about test fail, and wisdom. We realized it had roots, attributes, and fruit of test fail, and wisdom, and that is not the kind of wisdom that we want. We don't want the kind that's sensual, earthly, and demonic. We don't want that kind of wisdom. We want the kind of wisdom that passes the test of faith. We want the kind of wisdom that demonstrates true belief in Jesus. We want folks to look at us and know. We want the world to see what saving faith really looks like. What does it look like? Can they look at us and tell what true saving faith really looks like? And we're going to look at the roots, attributes, and fruit of test passing wisdom. And the first, first, let's look at the roots in verse 17. It says, now, but the wisdom that is from above is what? First pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. He said, now, this is what true wisdom looks like. So, test passing wisdom has the attributes of being empty, being full, and being absent. And first, it is what? Empty of self. Empty of self. It is empty of self. Let me say this to you. If you're going to actually have the wisdom of God, you're going to have to rid yourself of yourself. If you're going to have God's wisdom, you're going to have to rid yourself of yourself because God is not going to give it to you otherwise. So if I had to pick a message for this age, it would be the message of self-esteem. This is the generation of self. It seems to be everywhere. The message is the same. It's all about us. It's about me. And the problem with people today is that they don't have enough self-esteem, or so we think. But let's look at the word for a second. Of course, everybody knows what self is, right? Yeah. But what does the, one, the word esteem, what oneself mean? Look at this now. Esteem means the condition of being honored. How many folk don't want to be honored? Attitude of admiration. Who don't want to be admired? Did I say it? Oh, you scratching your head. Okay. <laughs> to regard highly. Okay. <laughs> Who don't want to be regarded highly? <laughs> to think much of. Who don't want to be thought a whole lot of? Okay. So that's all of us. All right. Okay. Our problem is we're too full of ourselves. We esteem ourselves too highly. Yes. The question is, what's going to make me look good? What's going to make me feel good? What's going to make me the best I can be? Mm. How many folks just go to work thinking about how they can make everybody else better? Make everybody else's day easy? No, we go to work thinking, man, I ain't planning on doing nothing today. (laughs) And truthfully, Aaron, we're mad with the man before us if he leads too much work for us because we're thinking about, not about what he went through, but what I'm gonna have to go through, okay? So even when it comes at the expense of how I treat you, and the new golden rule is, do unto others whatever will make it the best for me. So self-esteem isn't the problem. As a matter of fact, self-esteem is another kind of earthly, sensual wisdom that comes from the devil. Esteeming yourself, being full of yourself is an attribute of the world's wisdom. That's the world's way. The world's way. It's all about me. And I'm going to tell you something. The church has adopted the world's way in actually trying to make people happy. It's all about them. It's all about your blessing. It's all about your goodness. It's all about your grace. all about what God is going to do for you. We go to church and we think that same thing. We come to church with the idea I need something from God. It's about me. It's not about us. It's about God. We should come here seeking God and God in his mercy and grace will meet our needs. So I can't be gentle if I'm always defending my rights. I can't be agreeable if I insist that everybody always agree with me. How often do we get mad with folk because they disagree with us? Let me tell you something, it's a bad thing when, a, when, a, when the president, and he, he, he builds his cabinet, and he surrounds him peop- his, his, himself with people that's yes men. You want somebody to see life different from you. You want somebody to give you another perspective of life, not to see it how you see it, and when you disagree with me, I don't need you anymore. That's a bad way to live and to be. You can't be peaceable, gentle, and agreeable if you are esteeming yourself. Why? Because you can't be those things if you are full of yourself. And let me say this to you. That's full, isn't it? Almost. I might might get another ounce in there, maybe. But it's pretty full. And every one of us is full of something. I've been told I was full of something, but it wasn't a nice word to say. So, anyway, you can only be peaceable and gentle and agreeable if you are full of the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into that. And that's the second attribute of trespassing wisdom. You can't just tell yourself to be empty of yourself. It's not like just saying, me looking at this bottle and say, be empty. Can't just look at it and say, be empty. I'm going to be empty of myself. It can't be done. You cannot fill this room with, you cannot empty this room of air, but you can replace the air that's in it with nitrogen, hydrogen, and you can replace it even with water. But you're going to have to put something in it. See, you can recognize the need to be empty of yourself, empty yourself of yourself, but you simply can't do it. It's impossible with men. Okay, we'll throw that in there. You can only replace it. If your heart is filled up with yourself, if you are esteeming yourself, guess what? The only way to empty your heart of yourself is to replace it. Replace the one that you are esteeming. Instead of esteeming yourself, esteem Christ. Want him to be honored. Recognized, glorified. Okay, so when you esteem Christ, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you feel, when the, when the Holy Spirit fills you, he brings some things along with him. And James says he brings along mercy and good fruit. Okay? So, great question. How do I become filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, when I ask that question, uh, I thought about all the people that I hear that say I'm saved, sanctified, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I hear them say it all the time. I hear them say it all the time. I hear preachers say it all the time. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I said this one time before, and I'm going to say it again, but I'm going to use it in a different context this time. How many folks remember me saying when you receive Jesus into your heart that you're saved? Remember that? Okay, how many folks remember me saying that you are still being saved? How many folks remember me saying that one day you will be saved? Okay, how many of folks remember this? I said, you're, you're righteous. When you receive Jesus Christ, you become righteous. God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I become righteous. How many folks realize that I, even though I'm righteous, I am being made righteous? And that one day I will be righteous. Okay? How about this? How many folks know that when you receive Christ, that you are filled with the Holy Spirit? I know a lot of folks disagree with that, and they think that you got to receive. But, but let me hold, hold, hold what you got. And just follow along with me. Okay? So, because what happens is, remember this, I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. And that when... I receive Christ, this is what he does, he takes out that old human spirit, he puts in a new human spirit, and he indwells it by the Holy Spirit. Because if he didn't do that, I would not have the capability and the power to overcome the rest of the stuff that I deal with. So I am filled with the Holy Spirit, but guess what? I have a soul and I live in a body, therefore now I am being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because guess what, I have a soul. In my soul, guess what's in my soul? My mind, my will, and my emotions. But guess what else is in there? My subconscious, and everything that was there before I was born again is in my soul, everything. That's why Romans chapter 12, verse one says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holding itself unto God which is reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He said, now I got the change. God won't won't overtake your soul because your will is in it. Okay, he does not overtake your soul because your will is in it. If he overtakes your will, then you become like the angels don't have a choice. You just gotta do what you, God wants you to have a will. He wants you to choose to love him. So, in my soul, I am dealing with all of the unsaved man. Okay, so that's why he said you gotta renew your mind in order for, and guess what, every time, every time I deal with an issue, let me back up. Life is full of tests. Life is full of tests. And guess what God is doing when, he, when, he, when, he, when he's giving you these tests? uh, And and, and when I say test, don't think you're going to get a a written piece of paper with with some uh, multiple choice questions on it. Mm -hmm. The test, most of us miss. And the reason why we miss them is because we focus on the people that do stuff to us. Rather than what God is trying to do in us. God allows situations to happen so you can see you. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm praying this for me. This is my goal in 2023. This is my goal in 2023. I want the Holy Spirit to show me every time self presents himself. Every time self rises up in me. Every time self rises up in me, I want the Holy Spirit to bring it to my attention, to help me see it. Because let me tell you something, this is what has to happen. If I'm gonna be filled with the Spirit, then I have to replace some of that stuff with the spirit, okay? The scripture I want to use, Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man come after, will come after me, he got to do what? Deny he got to first deny himself. And then he got to do what? And then he can. Okay? So in other words, until I do A and B, I can't do C. I can't do C. So every time God allows a situation to come into your life to show you who you are, to show you something about you, when the self-man rises up, when the self-man presents himself, this is what you got to do. You got to deny him. You got to tell him, you can't have have your way. You can't do it. I'm not not, not, going to allow you to do it. And then not only do you have to do that, you, you, you cannot just deny you gotta crucify. You gotta deny the self man, and then you gotta kill him. Because if you don't, when you kill him, guess what you do? You make room. Hmm. Jonathan Reynolds says, I'll make room for you. Yeah. I'll make room for you. Right. And see, he said, he said now no, you gotta deny him his right, his access. You got to deny him the right to do what he wants to do in you. And then when you when you see him, you got to say, God, help me to kill this thing. And then we can follow Jesus. OK, so if you you are you are saved, you're filled with the spirit and then you are being filled. And then you one day when you leave this world, you'll be truly filled because all the junk in you'll be gone. OK, so. If you're empty of yourself because you're full of the spirit, you'll have the third attribute of trespassing wisdom. You'll be absent of insincerity. How many folks know and will admit that most folks are not really sincere? Not really sincere. I mean, we come, you know, and let, me, let me get to the, let, me, let me go to the next screen. Okay. You know, you won't show that kind of favoritism that we talked about a couple weeks ago when you bring the rich man up to the front you make the poor man, dirty man sit in the back. You won't show that kind of hypocrisy that plagues our churches today. How many folks know that the church is full of hypocrites? What's a hypocrite? A hypocrite is a person that actually professes to be one thing and really they are another and they know it. They put on fronts. They pretend. They act. They are good actors. They show themselves to be one thing when they are another. That's a hypocrite. And the world, let me tell you something. The world can see through a hypocrite like looking through a mirror, like looking through this glass. I can see that table right there. There's nothing interfering with me seeing that table. And they see through us just like that. You know what? I heard a man say this. He said, now, I don't know music, but I can tell when you hit the wrong note. I can't read a letter, of music. I can't read nothing but hit the wrong key on the piano. I can tell you. Sing a song and get out a key. I know it. I don't have to know music. I don't have to know Christianity to know what a hypocrite is. I don't have to read the Bible to know that you're putting on. I don't have to read the Bible to know that you're phony. I don't have to read it to know that you're saying one thing and you're doing another. And the truth of the matter is, most of us, the reason why we do it is because we are what? Full of ourselves. And we're putting on to get what we want. We're putting on to get what we want, okay? So whether a person really likes himself or not, it don't matter because most people that self-absorbed don't really like themselves. They don't really like themselves. I'm self-absorbed. I don't, I don't like me. I'm serious. Let me tell, let me tell y'all a story. I remember... When I was just, man, just terrible. I'm just an inch above terrible now. No, not a whole inch. Eighth of an inch, 16th of an inch, 32nd of an inch above terrible right now. But, but my point is, in order for you to get from where you are to where you need to be, you've got to go to the mirror and say, hey, man, I don't like you. I don't like you. You know when God brought about change in my life? When I went to the mirror and said, God, I don't like who I am. I don't like me. Help me. And you know what? God, help me. He, don't help, he helped me. But you've got to come to the place where you admit that you don't really like yourself. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Full of yourself. Are you full of yourself or are you full of the spirit? I can tell you right now, I, I can go ahead and answer these the questions. You ain't got to say nothing. Just keep looking straight. Smile. I know. I'm telling you, it is so interesting and so exciting to read the scriptures. And man, how many beatings I take and how far I realize how far away from God I am. I'm telling you, I'm talking about me. When I see this stuff and I read this stuff, I'd be like, God, I mean, it makes it almost seem like it's impossible to get there. It makes me feel hopeless sometimes. But then I have to look at Jesus and realize that he's there, he's there to help me. And that's what he's been trying to do all these years. I just got to the place where I opened my eyes and can see he's trying to help me. I've been mad with people all these years and blaming them for my anger and my resentment and my bitterness, my frustration, my aggravation, my poverty, my fear, my doubt. I've been blaming folks for it when God's been trying to say, hey, son, look in the mirror. The common denominator is you. If you have a problem everywhere you go, guess what? Who you take with? Who you taking with you? Look who's with you all the time. If you were broke last year and you don't change nothing, guess what? I can go ahead and prophesy. You're going to be broke this year. (laughs) If you were stupid last year and you coming into this year doing the same thing, guess what? Hello, stupid. He waiting in 2023, waiting on you. I can go ahead and prophesy 2024 if you want me to. Nothing's going to change. Ain't nothing going to change. So, are you willing? Listen at this now. Are you willing for people to offend you? Every person in this room, raise your hand and say no. That's good. That's good. Are you willing to have somebody trample on your rights? No. To mock you? Oh, boy. Thank you, Jesus. I saw H coming in front of the no <laughs> <laughs> to ridicule. <you. laughs> I heard my ear H to the no. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> not me <laughs> Mm-mm. no, I'm not taking it, but look Jesus was yeah. yeah Jesus was the bible said when he when he was when he was reviled, he didn't revile again when he suffered, he uttered no threats why because Philippians two says he emptied himself and became obedient slave even to the point that he was willing to suffer and die on the cross. He emptied himself and became willing to die. Guess what? This is the, that's the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that's the kind of mind we're, we're supposed to have. That's the kind of mind we're supposed to have. And test passing wisdom has the attributes of being empty, empty of yourself. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says this. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? That he may instruct him read that last sentence please now really read it oh you got worse the second time anyway but we have the mind of christ listen to what he said he said now when you born again you have the mind of Christ. In other words, I have the wisdom of God already on the inside of me. Yeah. I got the mind of Christ. But look what Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What's that first word? Let. What does let mean? Allow. allow. In other words, you got it, but you got to allow it. That's good. You got it. You got the mind of Christ, you have the wisdom of God, but you got to allow this mind to be in you. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me, folks. Listen good. Nobody wants to take the second seat. Nobody wants to be ridiculed. Nobody wants to be mocked. Nobody wants to be insulted. Nobody wants to be 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 criticized. But look what Jesus did. And he said, this is his mind. But look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2. He said, when he he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he uttered no threats. But look what he did. He committed himself to him that judges righteously. In other words, he said, man, I don't have to fight you. I don't have to get even with you. I don't have to defend myself. He said, I've, I've committed myself to God, and whatever happens is going to happen, and he's going to make it right. Amen. He said in Romans, he said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. He said, vengeance belong to him. So why do we defend ourselves and feel like we got to stand up for our rights, and when somebody ridicule us and insult us and mock us, we feel like we got to, hey, hey, who are you talking to now? You know why? Because we're full of ourselves. We are full of ourselves. And there's no way you can be full of the Holy Spirit. Like I say now, you are full of the Holy Spirit, but you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And one day you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we got to kill this stuff. We got to let God show it to us and we got to get to the place where we overcome it. Okay, now. Being full, being full of the Holy Spirit, being absent, absent of insincerity, test trespassing wisdom has roots, has attributes, and fruit. Verse 18 says this, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Now, if you read that sentence and you pay real close attention, something in that sentence don't make sense. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Of them that make peace. Okay, so test passing wisdom has fruit. What fruit? The fruit of righteousness. Remember what I said about righteousness. I am righteous because Jesus made me righteous. I'm being made righteous because God is doing a work on the inside of me. And one day when I lead His body, I am going to be righteous, totally, holy, completely. I won't have none of this junk to contend with. Okay, so Galatians 5:22, 23. We read the other fruit in the other message, but he said, now the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. The fruit of the spirit. Now, note that it is fruit, but it manifests itself in different ways. Okay? Now, that is what the fruit of righteousness looked like. Notice that in English, it it don't do the, do the word uh, do justice. The word should be singular. The word fruit is singular. Okay? In the original language. Okay? So, so you get the picture that you can have the fruit of love without having the fruit of long-suffering, of joy, or gentleness. In other words, I'm producing some fruit, but I'm not producing all of it. The fruit of the Spirit is all of those things. Back it up. See it. Here's the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love. And it manifests in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It manifests in all those different kinds of fruits. So there are some people that got some of those fruit, but not all people have all of them. Okay? So the fruit... Of the spirit is one fruit that manifests itself in all those different ways. Notice also that Galatians does not list righteousness as a fruit. It isn't listed because the fruit of righteousness that James talks about is the same as the fruit that Paul talks about in Galatians. They are the same. That's the fruit of righteousness. It's also the same that Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter five, verse six. He said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for what? Man, if you hungry and you thirsty, he said you're going to be filled. And the reason why most of us are not filled is because we're not hungry and thirsty. We are we are being filled, but we're not being filled with righteousness because that ain't what we're hungry and thirsty for. Just like Aristotle asked the man, "What are you? What do you want?" And he kept taking him down, kept taking him down to the man said, air. He was trying to be proper. Oh, great teacher. I want wisdom. If I hold you under the water long enough, you'll want something else. Yeah, you'll want some air. So are you hungry, hungry and thirsting for the food of righteousness today? If you are, Jesus said he made a promise. He made a promise that you will be Feel. And here's the wonderful thing that happens when you feel. James likened your fruit to being planted. Notice what he said now. Whoever heard, who ever heard of planting fruit? James said, James said, he's not, not just pitching it on a vine, not just being devoured, not just being planted, he said, planted in the in fields of peace. What does that do? And let me say this before I say before I go to that. Let me say this. A lot of times, fruit is gonna have to be planted in hostile environments. Y'all know what that mean? Let me tell you where fruit has its most, is worth more, where there is none. Mm, that's good. See, if you go to a place, man, it, man. When, I, remember, I remember when I was a kid, we used to go to Florida, man. As soon as you hit the Florida line, orange trees, grapefruit trees, Tangerines, tangelos, navel oranges, man. We used to go to Florida, man. Come back, with the trunk, the car sitting down like this. I mean, they wasn't in bags. They were just thrown in the trunk. They loaded down coming back from Florida. I mean, don't go to Florida and talk to the people about oranges. They don't want to hear about orange. Why? Because so many of them. Take an orange to a place where they, where there is none. And that orange is that may be worth a dime in Florida, if worth two dollars in that place. I'm gonna tell you something. Fruit is more valuable in the place where it is not widely grown or known. That's where God wants us to plant our fruit. But instead of it being just beneficial for a few who look at it or eat it, the benefits of more to righteous fruit is planted in the fields of peace, which causes it to grow in better, more fruit of righteousness. God wants us to plant it in places and in people and before people that knows nothing about this kind of fruit, man. James is saying that the fruit of the fruit of one truly wise person can be the seed for an entire harvest of wisdom. One person with a pure heart. One person who emptied themselves and is filled with the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. You ought to have a desire today to want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You ought to be honest with yourself today and say, I am not, but I want to be. I'm not, but I want to be. One person whose fruit of righteousness is sown in peace can change those around them, can change the family. Can change the neighborhood, can change the church, can change Lee County, can change the world. And most of us don't think that we have much to offer for the kingdom of God. Most of us don't think we have much to offer. But if we will hunger and thirst for righteousness, God promised us that we'll be filled. And He said, once you're filled, you'll start to produce fruit. Seek God's kingdom like that drowning man was seeking air. But but you know what? Nobody really wants to die. You know, everybody say they're willing to die. And the evidence and the proof of it is, last night when, it, when, I, when I felt like I was getting close, I started getting anxious. My eyes start getting big. I start thinking about the hospital and the ambulance and the doctor and everywhere to go, you know what I'm saying? Because, because truthfully, we say we want to see Jesus, but we don't want to go that path that we got to go to to get to him. And last night I was looking at him. I was sitting there in that chair, man, and I was, And then I start thinking, man, I start seeing respirators and all kind of stuff, man, my heart start racing. And I'm sitting there thinking I'm getting ready to die, man, I say, hey, ho, ho, come down. Slow your roll. I'm telling you, when, you when, 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 when a man is drowning, when a man don't want to die, and most of us don't want to die, and listen to me, folks, most of us don't want to die physically, and most of us don't want to die spiritually. Spiritually, when I, say, when I say die spiritually, I'm talking about killing some of that stuff that's manifesting in you. Killing the self man, that self man, that flesh man, that man from Adam that's still in you. Paul said he's still there. He's still there. He's still there. He said still, that, that sin still lives on the inside of me. That, he said the will to do is in me. I want to do the right thing, but every time I turn around, I'm doing the wrong thing. And he said, no, he said, no, you got, we gotta seek wisdom like a drowning man seek air. How do you do it? First, pure heart. And the only way to have a pure heart is you got to ask Jesus to give you a new one. Remember in, 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 in Ezekiel, he said, I'll take out of you that heart of stone and I'll put into you a heart of flesh. I'll take that heart, that hard heart out of you. And you have to have a pure, pure heart, you gotta be filled with the Spirit. And your heart, listen, folks, your heart cannot be full of the Holy Spirit and you at the same time. There ain't no way. So the question is, are you full of the spirit or are you full of yourself? It's hard, but it's right, folks. It's, it's, it's hard, it's, it seems like, man, like, like you're taking a beating, but no, nah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good whipping. Let me tell you something. One of these days, maybe when I'm dead and gone, y'all gonna look back and say, man, I, you're gonna do like I did when I was a kid. My mama had one of them meal straps about this long about that wide, about that thick, split on the ends, And you know what? She's telling me go back there and lay on the bed, and she wouldn't come immediately, so she'd give you time to think about what's getting ready to happen. So you're laying back there on the bed, and you waiting on her, and she seemed to be taking her time, and you're thinking about all the beating you're getting ready to get, and she's come back there and just tear me up. Yeah, yeah. They call that child abuse now. Yeah. But you know what I call it? I look back. when I Now, it took me to be a grown man to appreciate it, when I got to be a grown man, I looked back and I said, man, I really appreciate my mama. I really do. Amen. And as a matter of fact, I, I appreciated her and I was mad with her all at the same time. I said, she, I appreciate her for beating those demons out of me and I said, I'm mad with her because she left too many. <laughs> she should have just woke up in the morning and before breakfast would eat me. <laughs> just for no reason, just just because I was in the room. I needed a whipping, I did, need one now. That's why God's still whipping me now. Yeah, you know, you know, you know a lot of folks say, I'm, I'm too grown, I'm, I'm, you can't be whipping on me. Man, there's one that can whip you, I'm telling you. And the whippings don't never stop. They don't ever stop, they don't ever stop. If you open that book, man, it's a belt laying in the middle of it. You think that's a, you, you think that's a marker, a Bible marker. There ain't no Bible marker. That's a whip. And he's skilled with it, too. He's skilled with it. Man, you'll be sitting there loving him and crying and mad with him all at the same time. All at the same time. So, Jesus wants you to be empty of yourself. I want to fill you with the Spirit of death. You have to have a pure heart. You have to be full of the Holy Spirit. And you have to sow the fruit of righteousness that he gives you. you got, he wants you to sow it. He wants you to sow it. Are you sowing the fruit in the fields of peace today? Are you investing the fruit that God has given you in other people? Listen to me, folks. It's worth nothing for you to be good in church. It ain't worth nothing. Y'all act, sit up in here and act like you ain't never done nothing. Probably got everything in the in the world in this room right here. Murderers, thieves, liars, all kinds of folks up in here. And y'all just sitting there looking like, I ain't never done nothing. <laughs> I'm guilty of it all. The Bible says if you broke one law, you broke them all. So I'm guilty of everything. Okay? I done broke all the laws. I done broke everything. And we need to stop trying to, you need to stop trying to present this fruit where the people, I mean, man, we 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 full of oranges. We, 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 don't, we don't need oranges in here. This Florida. Take them oranges to Alaska. Are you letting it hang on the vine or are you letting a couple people who you are close to eat it? You know we got our friends that we treat real nice. We sow those fruit of righteousness, of love, mercy, peace, joy kindness, gentleness, meekness. But those other people, we don't let them see that kind of fruit. We pull out those knives. (laughs) (laughs) And we skill with them. God has given you fruit for the benefit of the whole field, the whole body, the whole church. He wants you to plant it. He wants you to plant it in other folks' lives. Especially in folks' lives that don't deserve it. I think about what Mark was saying today. How do God keep doing that? How does he keep blessing us and loving us when we willfully do, do what he don't want us to do? Amen. And see, he wants us, once you receive that, he wants you to go out and do that. Not to those that, that's, you know, the Bible says, if you speak to those that speak to you, what have you done? If you love those that love you, Even sinners do that. If you're good to folks that are good to you, if you buy me something because I bought you some, you ain't done nothing. What are you doing with it? Or the real question is, do you have it? Do you have it? God is waiting, he's willing, he's ready, he's available. He wants to do it now. He wants to do it in all of us. Let me say this to y'all. You know, we, 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 are, we are a magic One people. We, we the magic wand group. We want people, we want God to come up to us and you know, God give me patience and we want God to just say, Phew. and she wake up in the morning, man, oh, nothing bother me now, Amen. you know. Everything's fine. It just The world just looks so beautiful. We want that. We want that we, you know, back in the day, prayer lines were great. The prayer lines were a big thing, man. Right. Folk lined up all out the church all around the building and get on the prayer line. You know why? Because they're lazy. And I'm going to tell you something. You can't be lazy in the Christian life. You can't be lazy in the Christian life. If you're going to accomplish anything, if you're going to be like Christ, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to work. You got a job to do you got to see yourself and you got to resist that thing. you got to say, uh-uh, this ain't like Jesus. And then you got to get that cross out and you got to say, hey, hey, nail it to it. you got to kill it. Amen. But see, too often we like this stuff. Yes. You know, there's a lady at work. You know, she's she real nasty. And she's proud of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this lady, do something real, just ought to be, be shamed. She ought to go hide under the bed when she get through doing it. But you know what she do after she get through doing it? Man, she twists down through that. she's <laughs> proud of herself. I said, man, y'all be ashamed of yourself. Old woman like you, acting a fool. Ought to be ashamed of yourself. And she's just twisting around, man, just thinks she done did something, boy. Ought to be ashamed. I'm going to tell you, when I act a fool, I'm ashamed. I I try to avoid the folk that saw me do it until I can get myself together. Then I go back and say, hey, man, I shouldn't have done it. Are you willing? Do you want to give up yourself so that Jesus can live? See, last week my message was the gift of presence, and we talked about how Jesus wants to be the same thing God did to Mary. He want to do it in you. He want, he want to, the Holy Spirit want to overshadow you, and he, that thing which is in you shall be called the Son of God. And it's your job to bring him forth into the world, to birth him in your world. If you don't know Jesus, this is your opportunity to come and receive him as your Lord and Savior. I know everybody say, I know Jesus, I know Jesus. I've been going to church all my life. I know God. I know him. I'm know. i not talking about know of him. I'm talking about intimately acquainted with him. I'm talking about knowing him not as just a savior, somebody that's going to save you when you die. I'm talking about knowing him as Lord. How many folks would admit, man, I messed up my life, but now I want to get it straight. I need to get it straight. I need Jesus to fix it. I can't fix it on my own. I tried. I told myself I was going to quit drinking. I, I, I quit drinking. From, from this Friday to next Friday, next Friday I did it again. I said I was going to quit smoking marijuana. I, I didn't smoke none. Monday through, Monday through Thursday, Friday I was smoking it again. I said I wasn't going to go to the club no more. Next Friday I was at the club again. I said I wasn't going to curse no more. It didn't go all the way to Friday. I think I made it about Tuesday. I was back at it again. Back at it again. Until one day God opened my ears and let me hear and I heard profanity for the first time in my life, even though I was saying it out of my mouth, I never heard it in my own ears. One day I walked in the bathroom and I heard these men cursing, and I was like, good God, that's what I sound like? I was ashamed, I was ashamed. And too often the reason why you don't wanna give your life to Christ, is because you think you got it going on, you think it's good, you think everything is straight, but it's not, you know you messed up, you know you got a problem, you know y'all jacked up. Don't worry about these folks in here, Eliminate these folks. Forget about these folks. This is life and death. This is heaven and hell. This is your opportunity to receive Jesus. And I would not pass it up because I'm going to tell you something. Tomorrow and the next moment is not promised to anybody. Amen. I can take my last breath standing right here on this stage. Amen. I may not be here next week. I know you used to roll rolling dice, but don't roll these. Because I'm going to tell you, you can't get these back. With the dice you roll, you, you, lose, you, lose, you lose a little money. But well, you roll these dice, you're going to be in hell for eternity, and nobody wants to be there. Nobody. And I know in your mind you may say, God, I don't know. I, I don't believe God is real. Let me, let me put it to you this way. You don't want to take that chance. I can promise you that. It's better to give your life to Jesus and there not be a hell than to not give it to him and wake up and realize there is a hell. It's too late then. Amen. It's too late. I'd rather try to spend my life living right, living for God, and then die and realize there is no God, or to live my life for myself and then die and realize he, everything they told me is true. Amen. And I'm doomed for eternity. Let us pray. Lord, we just bless you. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. Thank you for working. Thank you for moving in our hearts, in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for convicting the souls of all your people, for working on us, Lord God. Helping helping us to see ourselves. See ourselves for what we are, what we really are, what we truly are. Who we are. Not just to leave us ashamed, but because you want to help us. You want to liberate us. You want to deliver us. You want to set us free. You want us to empty ourselves of ourselves so Jesus can fill this vessel and live in us and through us and the world will see Jesus in us. And when they see Jesus, the word says when he's lifted up All men will be drawn to him. So Lord, I just pray that at the beginning of this year, every person in this place, Holy Spirit, let them see where they're selfish. Let them see where they're full of themselves. And when they see it, let them deny it. Let them crucify it. And then ask the Holy Spirit to fill that emptiness where that spirit left. We bless you for it. We thank you for it. We praise you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you subscribe and share with someone you know. And tune in next week for more sermons from Truth and Love Ministries.